The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. Rashford won, government nil. The footballer who took on coronavirus food poverty and won. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. Premier League football might be on hold for just one day longer, but there's one footballer who's been working on an entirely different goal. More than a million school children will be given vouchers for free school meals over the summer, following pressure from cross-party MPs and Manchester United and England forward Marcus Rashford. The 22-year-old wrote an open letter to MPs urging them to reverse their decision not to award free school meal vouchers in England outside of term time, a move he said would have had a serious impact on communities like his, squeezed even before the worst recession in living memory. You know, my mum was a, a single parent. She's got five kids that was all living in the same house and not only so she's working she's working very hard to to put food on the table and then it's the stress on her on on the shoulders that that affected her after we've ate our dinner um because she knows she's she's worrying about the situation she's trying to go to sleep but she can't because she's so worried and then the next day eight o'clock she gets up uh, gets on the bus and starts the day again and this was every single day on her to to try and feed five five kids and you know she was part of of programs like that that um you know like food vouchers and stuff like that on monday the prime minister rejected the plea but come tuesday a different story i talked to marcus rashford today and congratulated on him on his campaign in which to 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 be honest i only became aware of uh very very recently today and i do think it's right that we should be looking after families of the uh, of the vulnerable, most vulnerable, the neediest, right now, and that's why uh, we've got the, uh, the the COVID summer food uh, plan, uh, which we've announced today. The new COVID Summer Food Fund will cost around £120 million in additional funding. The change in policy fends off what was widely seen as an expected Tory MP rebellion when MPs were set to vote on the issue on Tuesday in what could have been an embarrassing own goal. Reacting to the news, the footballer said, just look at what we can do when we come together. This is England in 2020. To discuss the U-turn, I spoke to The Telegraph's northern football correspondent, James Ducker, and I started by asking him to tell us more about the man behind the campaign. So Rashford is is one of the country's most exciting young footballers. He's a 22-year-old striker for Manchester United and England. He, he joined uh, United as a young boy, came through their development centres from sort of the age of eight, right through and then had this sort of meteoric rise. He was he was thrust into the uh, first team in 2016 under the former manager, Louis van Gaal, uh, due to a serious injury crisis up front uh, and ended up scoring twice. And in, in Rashford, you know, who was only, I think, 18 at the time, and he's never really looked back since then. It's, um, you know, th- there's obviously been challenges along the way, but he's sort of firmly established as, as one of Europe's most exciting young forwards now. And if you didn't know Marcus Rashford before the lockdown, you might have got to know him during because he's he's been busy, hasn't he? He's been very busy, but he's been working towards this this for a while. So, I mean, for those who are un- unaware, he he partnered with a food distribution charity called Fair Share, 
with the target of, of trying to raise £100,000 for vulnerable children um, who uh, basically won't, won't, won't get enough meals during the lockdown. And I think he contrib- contributed something like £60,000 initially himself to that. And this was not tokenism or just a sort of a, d- a desire to attach his, his name to something. He threw ev- everything he had behind it and ended up raising over £20 million in, in counting wow. and, and through that money they're now feeding 3 million vulnerable people every week. Those are astounding figures. What's made Marcus Rashford so passionate about this cause in particular? Well, I mean, he's from tough inner city area in Manchester called Withenshaw, well, nor- Northern Moor and Withenshaw. He grew up in the two areas. He's one of five children and his mum, Melanie, uh, worked full time, often several jobs but all for minimum wage. And he himself was dependent on new school meals, food banks, soup kitchens. It wasn't unusual for the family to get the Christmas uh, dinners from food banks. You know, I have had the, the pleasure of knowing some of the Rashford family members for a while now, and they are very, very passionate about being able to give back and do something. And by that, not just by writing a cheque, but by actually seriously throwing their weight behind things that they believe in, and he'd he'd been doing things before before the partnership with Fair Share. I mean, he'd he'd started this thing called the In the Box campaign, which teamed up with uh, the Selfridges store in Manchester to uh, feed a lot of homeless people in Manchester um, during the Christmas period. The city has had a a serious problem on that front and then there's been various initiatives. James, clearly this has been on Marcus Rashford's radar for quite some time and he's been doing some great work in this space but what has happened is that it's come onto our radars very quickly and indeed much more importantly onto ministers' radars very quickly and even on Tuesday morning you had ministers rejecting calls for free school meals over the holidays yet by Tuesday afternoon you've got the Prime Minister saying he's spoken to Marcus Rashford and congratulating him on the campaign so it has been quite a quick turnaround once it reached the kind of ministerial corridors. What do you think it is about this campaign? Do you think it's the personal aspect that has really caught people's attention? I think that story, I think the personal element of it has resonated with a huge number of people. And I think when when you get people like Therese Coffey, the working pension secretary, this morning sort of flippantly responding to Rashford you know, call on people just to take a moment to think that when they they make the cereal this morning, what it's like for those families who got to choose which meal they're going to have that day because they can't they can't afford to have three. They might have to wait until do they have breakfast or do we wait till the evening and, and eat so we don't go to bed hungry. For her to respond with sort of a flippant remark, I think she said, you know, water cannot be disconnected. Though I think he made a point about a spare moment for those whose water might be cut off. I mean. I've read quite a lot saying that's a bad look. I'm not sure it's a bad look. I mean, what what sort of person reads those tweets and that's their f- the first thought that comes into their head? I, I found it... I mean, if we're talking about... A di- a di- I mean, she's talking about water being disconnected. If we're talking about a disconnect, I mean, there there we have it. I don't... I'm sure there's plenty of Tory MPs who are very quick to uh, offer their support to Rashford's campaign who, who are embarrassed there's kind of two sides to this. Cynics would say that they were forced into 
a U-turn because this afternoon Labour was due to to force a vote on the issue in the House of Commons. And we knew that the Tories were risking a rebellion from some of their, their backbenchers. But as you say, there's the other side of this and maybe U-turn's the wrong word in this case because um, if it's a welcome U-turn, maybe it's just a change of heart and there's so many politics around around the phrase. Well, I, I mean, to be honest, I think a lot of people couldn't care less what, 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 what words <laughs> used to describe it? You turn, about turn, change your heart. I think what's frustrating for people is that, you know, Downing Street came out yesterday and uh, effectively said no. Whereas I think people would probably have preferred that they actually took even maybe another 24 hours to actually carefully consider it, crunch the numbers, you know, look at everything, you know, and then come back. It seemed a little bit quick. And now, you know, 24 hours later, they've reneged on that. I think... That that's not a particularly great look, but I think the most important thing is that they they have listened and they have res- they have responded. And we normally associate football with big paychecks, fame, valuable television rights. How common is it for individual footballers to use their public profile to campaign for causes close to their heart, those living in in poverty or, or otherwise? I mean, this has become quite a um, topical issue during the lockdown. I think triggered in part by Matt Hancock coming out in early April and calling on footballers to play their part. Uh, and I think quite a lot of footballers at that time felt it was an attempt to draw attention away from the testing crisis that was that was going on. Uh, and I think a lot of people have found it very interesting that you know government ministers haven't been calling out hedge fund managers or chief executives of major companies and everything else calling for them for them to play their part and um, I think it does a few things I think there's I've been a football journalist for almost 20 years now and there are a substantial number of players who do an awful lot of charity and community work they just don't seek publicity mm. there are absolutely a significant number of footballers out there who do who do a lot, lot of work I think what's interesting is we often hear it said that you know our well, footballers should should use their wealth and their status um, for the greater good, uh, and we've seen it with Rashford even in recent days, and certainly with Raheem Sterling when they actually look to use that status and their position to try and bring about change beyond football. People shout them down and say, you know, remember your place. Well, well, I think the likes of Sterling and Rashford, who are not just young footballers but are young black footballers with very increasingly influential voices are being heard now and uh, I think they've probably been ignored for too long and you know we talk a lot um, about the issue but we don't see enough change and I, I think people like that being prepared willing to put their voice to, to such important uh, matters is a is a huge sort of step forward and I, and I think I think Rashford and Sterling are symbols of a, of a of a new generation that we should embrace their it's their voice their experience first hand experience and their large social media presence too and I think um a government that overlooks that these days is missing a trick yeah i i, I agree i mean what's nice to see i mean like you know the, the, there has to be a place for a bit of fun on social media and um you know and that's great and they can have a laugh and a joke but they also use that plat they are also using that platform for good and to bring about change and awareness and um i mean you, you mentioned rashford's age there he's 22 i think it's very easy to forget i think you know we probably all we could all look back at what, what we were like at 22 and think you know let's not <laughs> 
who are no, exactly. I mean, like, it's quite remarkable. The rest of the coronavirus latest news. The world's first coronavirus treatment that significantly reduces the risk of death is being given to NHS patients following trials by British scientists. The common steroid dexamethasone was shown to radically improve the chances of survival for the most ill patients. Boris Johnson described it as the biggest breakthrough yet in coronavirus treatment globally. The UK government's been stockpiling the drug and has supplies for 200,000 patients. Beijing's ordered the closure of all of the capital's schools as authorities attempt to contain an outbreak of the virus. The reintroduction of lockdown measures follows the discovery of 106 cases in the Chinese capital since last Thursday. Residents in high-risk neighbourhoods have been sealed inside their housing compounds, while those in medium-risk areas are banned from leaving the city. More than 600,000 Britons lost their jobs in the first two months of the lockdown. The figures were revealed as part of the Office for National Statistics' latest report on the UK labour market. In signs of a growing unemployment crisis, hours worked dropped 9%, benefits claimed surged to 2.8 million and vacancies continued to plunge. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. Subscribe to this feed to stay updated on all the key issues around the coronavirus. For all the latest sports news, health updates and analysis of the fast-moving political situation, head to telegraph.co.uk slash audio, where listeners can get a free 30-day subscription to The Telegraph online. If you find this podcast useful, please do leave it a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to get in touch, the address is coronaviruspodcast at telegraph.co.uk. UK.